The content of this podcast is personal opinion of the hosts and guests and is not to be taken, interpreted, or perceived as medical advice on the practice of medicine. Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Anne, R-N-C-A-N-S. And I'm your other host, Sarah. Welcome back. We're back, baby. We're back on a regular schedule. I'm saying it. I'm I'm declaring it. Two episodes a month, every second Thursday, every fourth Thursday. But we kind of, we just wanted to get this out. So we're just throwing this up today. If you're listening to this live, then hi, welcome. Uh, we're excited to be back. And we have a fun topic for you today, as you can see by the title. But before we get to that, Anne has an exciting little life update, a little new family member to share. Oh, I do. Tell us about him. Oh, my God. Your new boyfriend. (laughs) Surprisingly, Dave was so happy with it. He was okay with it. Dave loves him, too. Dave is just (laughs) thrilled with him. I'm just kidding. You're furry new family member. I have a new little furry member. His name is Boomer, and he is a mini golden doodle puppy, and he is so cute. The new official mascot of the Bechtold household, <laughs> the Boomer Sooner little puppy. Yes, He's and so Crosby cute. calls him Booey. Booey. <laughs> She's, I don't know where she got that from. She just started saying Booey, so that's what I call him now, too. Yeah, we come over and we're like, oh my gosh, look, it's little Booey. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to learn his name. He's only... <laughs> 10 weeks old, and he's so cute. He is. He's super yes. cute. But we named him Boomer, and mm-hmm. then we plan on getting Sooner a little bit later. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. No, I actually do want a second one. But, oh, my gosh, he is so cute. So we're trying to think of an Instagram name for him because he's just so adorable. I cannot keep this to myself. I need to share him with the world. Yes. So if you have any suggestions for an Instagram name, send them send them our way. We've thought of like the basic ones, but the, the basic ones are all taken. They're taken. So don't send us Boomer the Mini Golden Doodle because that's taken. Yeah. So getting into today's topic, jumping in because this is a fun one. The title of this episode, as you can see, is called How to Lose a Patient in 10 Ways, which is a nod to the wonderful classic movie, classic rom-com, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days with good old Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Um, So, but this is very uh, we're very passionate about this we were talking about this before and writing this out and we're like oh yes that's a good yes write that down because there's there's some good information in here so let me preface this with this is just our opinion but we think our opinion's right so we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna give it to you we're gonna tell you it's always right Yeah. yeah but um so this is a list of things that we have you know, witnessed or heard about in the aesthetic industry that is just really like a killer when it comes to retaining patients. And we feel like if you don't do these 10 things, you will have major success in patient loyalty, patient retention, and patient relationships overall. So what's number one? Jumping into number one. Hit us. I'm going to tell you number one because I'm super passionate about this. I could do a whole episode. Her, it's her gig, man. It really is. It's part of like what my job is. Um, It is on the marketing side of aesthetics. So number one is not having a lead to close process. Boom. If you don't have that, you're going to lose a lot of patients, not patients that you already have, but potential patients. You're going to lose them because you don't have a process to get them from just interested in a treatment to in your chair 
purchasing a treatment. So that can look like a lot of different things. It's different for every person. Like if you work at a, if you're a provider, you work at a place that has like a marketing team, then that is predominantly their job. But if you work on your own and you have like your own business injecting or doing that, then you're predominantly in charge of that. And you've got to like compensate and and do those kinds of things to help grow your business. So that, that even includes like social media and somebody, right. You post something on Instagram and somebody's like, Oh my gosh, I love that. I, I want to get that too. And then you get, you know, if, if you don't answer back and, and they get like, that's a loss. Like even if they're just saying that, like they're saying that because they're interested in it. And if you don't if you don't respond to that in some type of way, I'm not just saying respond in a comment, but if you don't respond, if you, if you don't have a response to that, then you lose that potential patient. Like they could potentially be saying like, oh, I want that procedure that they're doing. And like they might be thinking about it. So having a process that is unique to your practice and what you do of capturing people when they call, when they email, when they comment on a social media post, Anything that, the, that they show interest, you need to then have a process where someone responds to them, someone reaches out to them, talks to them about that, gives them pricing, blah, 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 whatever. And I know like in busy med spas, like when someone calls the front desk and wants to talk about a procedure, that's not necessarily that front desk person's job to then try to close them on that sale. Like maybe they pass yeah, them they off to someone else. Pass that on to someone else. But it needs to be somebody's call. job. Yeah. So that's all. That's all I'm going to say. I could say so much more. But <laughs> moving on to number two, that kind of leads us into number two. You want to talk about it? Yes. Number two is... <laughs> I'm going to not get you and your little dog too. Disgusted at her. We'll get with you. <laughs> so having the Wicked Witch of the West at your front desk, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. That would, that would lose patience big time. <laughs> big turn off. That was a great impression, by the way. I hope Crosby's still asleep. <laughs> it's a little loud. That's okay. Sorry. But let's elaborate. What does yeah. that mean? Well, we're actually we're talking about personality and some looks too. Because the Wicked Witch of the West, she does have green makeup. You don't want anyone with green makeup at your desk. Yes. So front desk person is a that is a very, very important role. Um because they are the face of your company. They're right. answering the phone. They are greeting the person that walks into your doors. And they are the first impression. An absolute first impression. And that, like what you're saying, that goes with personality impression and looks impression. If you work at a place that you want to value looks and making sure that people look their best and feel, feel their best good. and yep. want to buy treatments that you do on the face... You need to have someone at the front desk that is an example of that. Like if I go to a designer store like Louis Vuitton or something and the person that's helping me at the front desk is wearing sweatpants, not Louis Vuitton sweatpants, <laughs> like Walmart clothes. They're, or they're carrying a coach bag. Right. If they don't, if they <laughs> or don't a target look, bag. If they don't look the part, then something's off. And I'm not saying that I'm so shallow to say like, oh my gosh, if they're wearing a Walmart sweatshirt, then I'm going to leave. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that that gives me a first impression of like, oh, something's kind of off. Well, you need to be a product of your product. Exactly. Right. You need to be a product of the product and... They have to be personable. They need to be warm. They need to be welcoming, making people feel like, you know, oh, I'm glad that I came in. I want to be there. Mm -hmm. Like you want them to exude the idea that 
we want you to be there. Yes. Not like you're bothering us. Yes. And what else can I do for you? Okay. Can you go have a seat, please? Oh, we'll be with you when we can. Thank you. Yes. Big time. There's a, and, and I think there's a lot of crossover with uh, medical facilities that try to break into aesthetics. And so they're using the medical front desk as an aesthetic front desk. And I'm not saying that that doesn't work, but I am saying that I've no, it doesn't been work. to places Any place where I've it ever been, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. <laughs> like there, there was this one place that I went to that's now out of business. Shocker, because of what I'm about to tell you. Uh, not that this is why, but just, it's just like a symptom of the problem. They're like they were a medical facility. They were like an OBGYN, and they were trying to do aesthetics. And like I would go up to the like I'd walk in the doors and go up to the front desk, and the front desk had like a sliding glass window. And the window would be closed and no one would be there. And so I would just walk up like trying to check in for my appointment. And it's just, it makes me feel so awkward. Like, like they don't even want me here. Like I just walk up and like no one's here. And then someone would come up and open the door. This is before COVID. They would like open up the door like halfway. A glass window. Yeah. Yeah. Open, open up the glass window halfway and just look at me. Like didn't say anything. Just looked <laughs> at me. And I'd be like am I in the right place? Like very, very uncomfortable. So it's things like that, that not even being a wicked witch of the West, but just like not being. Don't make your patients feel awkward. Yeah. That's just like the bottom line. Don't make them feel awkward. Have the right person in the front desk position. Smile. Be glad that they're there. Okay. Number three. Okay. Number three, having a facility that looks like you just walked into a back alley. Mm-hmm. Like very questionable, mm-hmm. maybe dark, dreary, N- yeah, not clean. This is a spectrum of like as 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 extreme as like disgusting and nasty to as harmless as it just like being really dark or like outdated, like beige walls. Ew, get out of here. Yeah, or just like you don't have a cleaning crew that comes at least once a week, or yeah. somebody that doesn't that's what come I'm saying. once a week. You know? That's like an extreme example. Most facilities will be clean, but like I, I mean, I'm young. I'm a millennial. Anne hates me because I'm a millennial, <laughs> but but I, I love you because you're my daughter. So at least you got that going for you. I want to go to a cute place to get Botox. Like there's yeah. cute places that have like neon signs that say like like, hey, pretty, or, like, things like that in the front office. Like, I mean, that's so cute. It can be trendy, or it could be just, you know, Classic elegant. and elegant, Classy, exactly. You know, pretty, pretty, like light, It makes people bright. feel good. Yeah. It colors, there's the whole psychology of colors, which also goes into marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, colors have a big impact on how people feel. So if something is very dark and dingy and that is not the the trend that's going right now that tends to make people feel like kind of depressed whereas like 10 years ago kind of tan and you know warm colors yeah old world and warm colors that gave kind of a feeling of coziness at Mm -hmm. that time because that was what was portrayed to us yeah that was in that was in but that was also portrayed now What's being portrayed is like, that's dark and dingy. It's not trendy. Yeah. You got to have kind of light, bright feeling. Yeah. And if you, if you don't want it too sterile, too much white can make it seem like not comfortable. Right. And if this overwhelms you or you're like, I have no idea like how to do that, hire an interior designer, like outsource that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) get the right person in there to help you make that great. If you're in a place where you lease and you can't do a bunch of stuff, 
Like there's so many DIYs on YouTube of oh like college gosh. dorms. You've opened up the world of Pinterest to me. Right. Exactly. But like now I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, hire someone then. Like Pinterest is all about, or YouTube is, there are places that are all about like DIY projects for dorms because you can't even put a nail in the wall. Like so many creative ways to make your space cute and fun and welcoming and inviting. So do that or you'll lose patience. Cool. Okay. Number four, being late constantly. Like that's just not acceptable. Like if you don't want your patients to be late, don't be late to them. If, if that's fine with you, then you'll get a clientele that's always late. And that would just, that sounds like a nightmare. Well, but, what it does, it does mentally train them to be like, oh, she's going to be running 20 minutes late. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to spend an extra 10 minutes to do this errand mm-hmm. and I'll get there 10 minutes before my appointment, 10 minutes after it was scheduled, but they're not going to notice. Right. But for me, like my opinion is, I'm going to be on time, so you need to be on time. Like, that's how it is. Now, sometimes things happen, you know, and it, and it could cause the the provider to run behind. Sure, but I'm not even talking about running behind with patients. I'm talking about, like, if I see you walking in the door after me, I'm like, oh, what is going on here? Uh, like, I want my provider to, be like, be there and be ready for me. Like, I'm going to be on time to you. You need to be on time to me. Number five, constantly rescheduling or moving appointments or canceling, like just flat out canceling. I totally get it. If that's like a circumstantial thing, if you like your sister goes into labor or something like that, that's fine. But if that's like a constant thing, you're not going to keep your patient. I know a lot of people who that's like a thing that they always do. They're, they're not valuing the patient's time Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like, they've decided they want to do something else that day. And they're going to move their schedule around to accommodate them. And they're not really thinking about, you know, how that's interrupting the patient's day. Yeah. You're going to lose patience if you do that. Number six. Oh, number six is my favorite one. The never-ending sale or, like, the constant group hunting, and they get stuff for free. Mm-hmm. So how do you lose patience? Because that sounds like, oh, that's, like, great. That's how you get patience. But it's kind of counterintuitive. It, so it elaborate. is counterintuitive. Yeah, you may get patients, but you're really not going to be getting the the clientele that you would like to have, the long-termers. I mean, I call Groupon people one-time wonders. Like They're, they're one-night stands. They're one-night, yes. That's they're what one, they are. They're, or they're a one-hit wonder. I mean, they are there strictly for price, and, and honestly, they, I don't think that they care about the outcome. And, you know, I like my practice to be built on what is the outcome? And people want to come see me because they know that my skills and my outcome are above and beyond what others are. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been in this industry for 11 years. I better have some pretty cool shit up my sleeve. Right. And if you do, if you constantly do group bonds or constantly do sales or constantly do like bring a friend and they get a free lip flip or something like that, people are going to come to you one time. Moving on, number seven, lack of innovation. If you just do the same old boring thing every single day, like the world is moving and constantly changing, constantly innovating, and you need to mirror that with your practice. Yeah. And the way you get those new innovations is going and educating yourself. Sometimes you can see it, you know, on Instagram or you can see it on YouTube or whatever, but I highly recommend you need to go to conferences. You need to look at conferences like... Um, Aesthetic Next or I-SPAN or Aesthetic Extender Symposium. So shout out to all you guys. Um, And there's not only conferences, you can also get 
private training. You can go, um, you can create a mastermind group with other aesthetic nurses and, you know, get, get people that are not in your area, do a Zoom call once a month or once a quarter and talk about different things that you guys do um, to, to innovate. And there's just, yeah, there's all kinds of things. So you don't necessarily have to buy a piece of equipment to be innovative. Yes, totally agree. Tell us what number eight is. Number eight is a social awareness issue. Not having any social awareness and not understanding that every single patient is not the same. How so? Well, some patients want to come in. They're like, boom, 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 boom. They definitely are the ones you don't want to be late for. Um, You want to be running on time. You come in, get their treatment taken care of, get their treatment done, and then they're on their way. Other patients kind of like... You're like their friend. They want to come in and see you. It's it's almost like you're a hairdresser. They want to tell you everything about what's going on in their life. You got some people that are kind of in between. Mm-hmm. There's just there's just a, a whole, you know, range. There's just a whole range of different patient clients that you're going to come in contact with. And you've got to read the room and assess what they want and what they need from you and be that. Right. You have to be chatty when someone wants to be chatty. You have to shut up when people want you to shut up. <laughs> like you have to have social awareness or you're going to lose patience. You need to know like what they need. Exactly. And this one, I'm really big into this. Being pushy and salesy and basically just showing that you don't care about the patient. And sometimes I will have to say in defense of some of these people that do this, they are being required. You know, they Yeah, they're just doing their job. They have sales requirements. They have people pushing them to push products. And that's like a horrible position to be in. And that sucks. Yeah. And especially in this industry, you know, it, 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 we've already talked about this several times, but I'll just mention it again. This is a combination of medical treatments married to a retail industry. So you have people that are running a business because they want to make money. And that's great. I understand that. I'm an entrepreneur. I love it. I love to make money. But you don't do that at the expense of having the medical treatment integrity. You've mm-hmm. got to find the balance. So, you know, if you are a non-medical med spa owner, I really hope you hear this. You have to find the balance. You have to help your people find a way to, they need to be educating the patient, mm-hmm. not selling to or pushing because mm-hmm. the sell will come if you educate them but right. if you just sell with no education you'll lose that person and don't sell them something they don't need right when you care more about making the extra thousand bucks then does that person really need it you're going to lose patience right you know and there's the old saying sometimes you know the, the more you give the more you get and that really is true the more education you give and you actually tell a patient, no, you don't need this. Mm-hmm. And here's the more why. you get their down, loyalty. Yeah. The more you get their loyalty, you get the referrals, you get more of their business down the road because then they say, oh, well, if I don't need that, then what should I get? Because mm-hmm. this bothers me. And mm-hmm. then you say, well, this is what I would recommend, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, you know, for me, that is my passionate thing. As we all know, that's kind of why I have this podcast. Yours is the lead to close. Mine is the education. Don't be pushy. Don't be salesy. And, you know, give your client patient exactly what they need and what they ask for. No more, no less. Mm -hmm. And life will be good. 
And number 10 of how to lose a patient in 10 ways, number 10 is flat out, bottom line, not valuing the patient. If as everything that we have said leading up to this, being late, being pushy, like giving them treatments that they don't really need because you care more about making that sale or making that money, you're not valuing the patient. When you value the patient and the relationship that you have with them and really realize and have the gratitude of like, wow, they trust me to make them feel beautiful. They trust me to give them what they need, to tell them you need this, you don't need this. They trust my education. They trust my skill. When when you realize that, you value that patient and you'll have that relationship forever. You know, another thing that comes to my mind is when... These different offices, we have we have to have events. We do get new things, we get new innovations, we get new equipment. We want to have events, but sometimes you just need to like celebrate your patient client. Mm-hmm. And I have this one friend of mine, and she has this huge blowout party, and it is nothing. There's no sales going on that night. There's no specials. There's no nothing. It's literally a patient appreciation party, and she spends a good amount of money, a good six to $10,000 or more on this party that she does once a year. And it's huge. And it is like, it's turned into almost like a gala in, in where she lives. Like it's a big deal. That's awesome. And you know, that, that brings her so much loyalty Mm -hmm. and her whole thing. And she gives a speech and she, you know, gives, they all get a swag bag. They, they get a gift um, but she she doesn't do any sales or anything that night because it's strictly about them. Is it like a patient invite only? Like you're not trying to like get new patients, right? right. It's just like your people. Yeah, it's those people. Yes, it's those people that have That's come awesome. to see her that year. Doesn't matter how much they've spent, how little they spent. She treats them all the same. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, it's there's so much more to that. It's like really cool. That's awesome. Well, there you have it. How to lose a patient in 10 ways. Ways. If you don't do these 10 things, then you'll retain patience. And I just want to point out before we close, I just want you to notice that none of these things had to do with messing up a treatment. We did not put giving someone a droopy eyelid or overfilling their lips or burning them with a laser treatment because those things are mistakes And those, I really believe, that can be overlooked by a patient if you value them and you take care of them. And you make one mistake and it's an accident and you, like, restore that and you fix it. That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll lose that patient. So we didn't put those on there because we don't believe that that's just how you lose a patient. We believe that when you do these things on this list and not value them, that's how you're going to lose patients. That's right. Well, and I will have to add to that. Things are going to happen. There are going to be... um, you know, swelling and side effects and like you said sometimes lasers maybe turned up a little too high or whatever um, so I guess number 11 would be you don't acknowledge those and take care of them in the appropriate way and be on top of that because that's that, a good point because accidents happen things happen but, but patients can be understanding and forgiving of that yeah, when you as take long responsibility as you take care of them you take responsibility and you get yeah. on it right away and don't let it linger Don't avoid them. Don't bury your head in the sand. Yeah. Don't let their nose necrose off because you were too afraid to get the Hylonex out of the refrigerator and (laughs) stick it in their face. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, don't do that. Don't let that happen. 
Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our list. Like we said at the beginning, these are our opinions. So if you have anything to add... But they're still right. They're still right. If you have anything to add or if you disagree with us, I mean, we'd like to hear from you. We're open to feedback. We're open to your opinion if you think you're right. I mean, if you have something that needs to be added to this list, we definitely want to hear about it. Sure. Sure. We'll hear about it. We'll hear you Or we would love to hear your story about maybe something that happened. Like, did you come across the Wicked Witch of the West at someone's front desk? (laughs) (laughs) You know, or whatever. Yeah. Make sure and leave us a review if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you thought about this episode or any previous episode. And uh, you can always follow us and connect with us on social media. Instagram is at AestheticAnnRN or Facebook is AestheticAnnRN. Or for a more personal connection, you can always reach out to us at aestheticanrn at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're so excited to be back and bringing you more amazing, awesome, wonderful content from Aesthetic Anne. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.